Appreciate everyone's faithfulness. Appreciate your prayers. And uh, through all that we are facing right now, just holding on and doing the best you can to keep having church, keep on seeing the blessings of God work. God bless you for for, uh, all that you're doing to be a blessing. Amen. Praying for you. Praying that God would just give you special help as we need him today. Amen. Matthew 24. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you, Lord, for God just being with us and being so good. Lord, we need you more than ever before. We need you today, God, to guide our vision, to see in this dark hour, God, and to have your direction. God, I'm asking you to work in a special way this morning, God, that you would, Lord, just minister to the one that needs it the most, God. And we'll give you all the glory, all the thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As I prayed about this message, I, I feel like it's pretty simple, pretty uh, basic, if you will. But I, I feel like somebody needs it. I'm not sure who, but I think somebody, maybe you might say, well, that was good and that's going to strengthen me for another day. But somebody probably might need it a little more than you. And I'm praying for that person that God would just reach down And help them in a special way. Matthew 24, starting in verse 1. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See and not all these things. Verily I say unto you, there shall not not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world. God bless you. You can be seated. I've said to you many times that we can miss some things uh, in context, and especially easy if uh, we don't recognize sometimes when we're reading what was happening previously in the chapter uh, before. And uh, if you'll read Matthew 23, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with it, or if you just glance at it, you'll say, oh yeah, I I know what that's about. It is when Jesus is rebuking the Pharisees. He's looking at those religious leaders. And when I say that, let me... Make sure you understand these were the people that were supposed to be the shepherds. They were supposed to be leading people uh, to know who the Lord was and to have a walk with God. But they had become so just hypocritical and so judgmental and so legalistic, really. They, they, they took time to try to dig into the letter of the law, but they really didn't have righteousness and holiness in their lives. And you'll see Jesus being very, very harsh, saying very uh, uh, hard things to these Pharisees about their hypocrisy and about the guilt that is in their hearts. And he's getting ready to try to show people that, hey, you need this from your heart. You need this to be real and not just some external uh, form of godliness, as we've preached about many times here recently. And he's uh, 
rebuking them and you can tell there is a an anger in him and and he's telling them woe unto you scribes and pharisees he's calling them hypocrites and and all kind of uh, of things that he is bringing against them personally face to face and we come into Matthew 24 and to me it's almost as if there is an awkward silence he stomps out of the temple after he has rebuked these people who are supposed to be spiritual examples. And he calls them hypocrites. And, and now the disciples say, isn't the temple gorgeous? <laughs> wow, did you ever notice just how beautiful that building is? And isn't God good to give us such a blessing? And they, they say to him, did you read it there? As they departed from the temple, his disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. Why did you ever just take some time and really look at it? What and and, and God's uh, blessing is certainly upon us to have such a gorgeous uh, place to worship. And Jesus says, "Don't look at these things, because they're not going to be here much longer." He says to them that there will be. Not one stone left. This is going to be leveled flat. This whole building, judgment is coming. And this whole area is going to be leveled flat because God is angry with the sins of Jerusalem and of His people. That He's called out to be different. He's called out to be an example. And He said, don't look at this. It's all going to be destroyed. How often we get our eyes on things that are temporary. How often I believe I I want you to be clear that that uh, I I understand I'm I'm not happy with a lot of things and I'm it's not that I don't talk about it it's not that I don't but that's not my focus. Can I tell you this world is coming to an end? This things that you see in this land and and all the blessings that we've had we're going to talk about it a little bit this morning and, and and we can say hey I want to I, I want to do everything I can to that we would have peace and that we would have freedom and and, and I understand that but you know what more than ever before I, I'm concerned about people that say you know what what about the gospel what about winning a soul what about the the will of God can we get as focused and as wound up about that. More so than anything else, really. The Bible says that Jesus said all these things are coming to an end. Look around you. Destruction is coming. And it happened in Jesus' day to that temple some 40 years after Jesus spoke these words. The, uh, the Roman government came in and destroyed that temple. And I'm going to tell you today that uh, this world is coming to an end. Praise the Lord. You understand when we tell you, it seems almost every service, maybe many, many times, let's just say that we say, don't you believe we're living in end times? And there's nobody that'll sit there and just not say a word or look at you and say, well, I don't know, maybe we might have more time than you think. No, we're coming to an end. We're at the end of the end. If the old time preachers of days gone by said, hey, get ready, Jesus is coming. We need to be ready. Amen. But I think our hearts sometimes are still not really convinced. And, but let's look at some things here. In Matthew 24, he says that there shall not be one stone left upon another. And that is saying a lot. The stones of the temple were immense. Not only were they so incredibly huge and heavy, 
but they were quarried in such a way that they fit together just perfectly. This was a a, a marvel of architecture. And to say that somebody could come and destroy this, it had to be God's anger. It could be nothing else. And so in verse 3, he sits down. I mean, think about it now. Put yourself there. He's already rebuked the Pharisees. And I think the disciples are just trying to say something to, to kind of change the atmosphere. And they come up with the idea, isn't the temple gorgeous? And he says, it's going to be destroyed. Well, that didn't work. <laughs> I said the wrong thing again. But uh, as they take a walk to the Mount of Olives, they sit down. And now they say in uh, verse 3, the disciples came unto him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. I think that is key. That Jesus said this to begin what he's getting ready to say about prophecy, about end times. Take heed that no man deceive you. We're not going to get through all of Matthew 24. That's not our goal today. But it talks about if it were possible, the very elect would be deceived. That tells me that it is not possible for the very elect to be deceived. But you better be in God's world, in God's will, in God's vision, in God's uh, plan for you. You better be in the center of what God don't play church. Don't go through the motions, amen, because I'm telling you, the one that's playing games and, and their soul is not first and foremost important thing in their lives, you are right for deception. And he begins, before he says anything else, they say, when is this happening? He says, don't let anybody deceive you. I've talked to a lot of people over the years about end times and prophecy. And I've talked to preachers that have had notebooks full. I was thinking this morning about... A man probably 20 years ago that I spoke to uh, at a little pizza shop here in town. And he had a notebook full of prophecy scriptures. And he said, look at this. This this looks like this. And I've studied. I've spent hours upon hours. And certainly he had. I spent hours on this. And, and this looks like this. And this seems like this. And this sure tells me this. And, I, and, and, and he spoke with such a, he was convinced of, of his position. And after he was all done, I said, let me ask you about one Bible verse that doesn't look like it, doesn't seem like it, doesn't kind of sort of imply. Just look what it says. And it goes completely against that whole notebook you have. And I said, what about when it says this will happen? And he said, I've got nothing. I don't know. I said, you know what? There's another scripture just like it that says this will happen. I don't know what to do with that. I said, listen, we've got to stay with the word. It's going to, I hear so many people talking about end times and they're so far off track, so far away from the word. Stay with the word. Stay with the word. It says to us here, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name saying I am Christ and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. Look at that. Don't be afraid. Don't be troubled. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm sorry. There's no sound in the uh, live stream. We want to 
just, ah, I know what I did. I forgot to plug in the speaker. Look at that. Simple as that. We're using a new speaker, and I forgot to plug it in. Thank you for that. Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. Did you hear what I said? Amen. I hope everybody heard what I said. Hallelujah. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. Let's stop there just for a moment. That's not really where we're going, but it sure is good. All these things that are coming to pass, you've got to be careful. Keep your eyes on the Lord. He'll give you peace. He'll give you strength. You say, I'm telling you what we're facing today. It's got people in a panic. I'm telling you, God is just beginning, we're going to see. This world is heading towards tribulation. It's heading towards the things that are open unto us in this book, in uh, Matthew, in the book of Revelation. We need to understand that if we're hearing God's voice, be not troubled. Hallelujah. If you're... It's, it's going to bring that shaking we talked about. It's going to make you understand that we can't have our heart in this world. That this isn't our eternity. This isn't where our treasure is. That if you know that our tr- your treasure and your heart is in heaven, you're going to say heaven and earth will pass away. But thank God I know where my home is prepared. Amen. Many shall say in shall come in my name saying I am Christ and deceive many and shall hear of wars and rumors of wars see that ye be not troubled for all these things must come to pass but the end is not yet for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there shall be famines pestilences and earthquakes in divers places listen now famines pestilences earthquakes in divers or Uh, That's a King James Version word. It means in different places. All these things are what? The beginning of sorrows. This world has sorrow in its future. And these are the beginnings. You see the Bible talks about how these things come upon the earth as a woman in birth pains. And, and we understand that comes in waves. And the waves come in increasing intensity until the finally the time when uh, there is a birth. And Jesus' return, the Bible says, is going to be just like this. There is going to be this beginning of sorrows. And then there's going to be uh, an intensity of the symptoms that Jesus talked about. And we're seeing that intensity rise. More so in my mind and in my experience than nations rising against nations, than earthquakes and pestilence and and all these things, famines, now we see it coming down to the church. We see it coming down to God's people and the individual. It says in verse 9, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Persecution that will come to God's people. That we will be hated. We will be hated. And not only this, it says that you'll be delivered up to be afflicted. There will be murder, and there will be all sorts of persecution. Listen to me, church. 
things that this nation faces, troubles and freedoms that may be taken away from us, and certainly uh, we see that in place. There will be those that will receive personal hatred, personal betrayal. If you think about it, in Jesus' own ministry, how his friends, it was Judas that uh, betrayed him. The Bible talks about the enemies of uh, of your of of your life being of your own household even betrayal hatred and persecution really are things that we need to be armed in our spirit against because uh, it tells us that many shall be offended and betray one another and shall hate one another there are those that will turn against us those that will fall away and and attack again that uh to me, more than any kind of government uh, moving against us, not that to say that the government cannot imprison, torture, and execute. Those things are harsh realities of a lot of nations today. But to be hated, to be turned on, to be betrayed uh, by those that once walked with us, the ones that, that, that once said, I believe just like you believe, and to turn against you and to hurt you and to betray you, This is what the Bible says are the end times. Hallelujah. Stay with me now. Many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. Listen, verse 12, we've quoted it quite often recently. Because iniquity shall abound. Because there's just so much sin in the world. Because sin is now, I I don't know that there's uh, any new thing the Bible says in this world, but to know that Especially in this nation, sin is more glorified, more glamorized, more legitimized than ever before. That people are, are welcoming and, and glorifying and, and, and making heroes out of those that are just uh, pushing their sin and, and into people's faces. How sad it is. The Bible says, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. We're living in a day today where all the people that are pushing forward their, their, their sinful lifestyles, their perversions, their, their lewdness, and they're saying you need to love and accept, and everybody is just so wonderful. But you know what? Where is all that love? Where is something that is truly a friendship? And, uh, you know, you stand and say, I love you enough to tell you the truth. I love you enough to tell you about Jesus. Amen. They want to rip that apart. They want to tear it down. They want to mock and ridicule a Savior. How sad. But because iniquity shall abound. But where is love? Where people are walking around the streets so angry, so ready for a fight, so ready just to, to tear into somebody. But the Bible tells us that this is the end time spirit. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And we're all taking all these things and coming to this point, to this verse in verse 13. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Let me tell you something about this. There's somebody that's going to make it. I can tell you that things are uh, 
are bad, and I can tell you that, hey, I hope we get through this, and it's behind us here in another few days, but but we're living in these end times, and, and when I read my Bible, things are going to wax worse and worse according to what Jesus said. We're not looking for a heaven on earth, but we're looking for earth to be uh, the focus and the, the target of God's anger one day soon. But the Bible says there is going to be a church. There's going to be a people that endure to the end. But we're going to have to endure. We're going to have to make it through. And I'm going to tell you this morning, I can't tell you that it's going to be easy. I can't tell you everything's just going to work out and everything's going to get better and and just kind of keep getting better and better. But I'm telling you, you can make it if you want to. God has provided everything you need to get through whatever you've got to face. Like I've told you before, this doesn't take God by shock. This doesn't. He's got so he loves you and he cares about you and he's got a way for you to be blessed even in this time. He knows what you're going to have to face tomorrow. He knows what kind of adversity is already coming your way and he cares enough about you to make a way of escape. He knows what you need, but you've got to want to make it. You've got to make up your mind that you are going to to be saved. You've got to say, Lord, whatever you've got for me, whatever you've given me to make it through the day, I'm going to get a hold of every bit of it. Hallelujah. Hey, turn with me. Hallelujah. Turn with me to the book of John. The book of John, the... The 13th chapter. This is a another one of those times it just seems like the disciples so often, it's Peter, tries so hard to say something extra, extra good and ends up putting his foot in his mouth. But John 13 verse 4 says, He riseth from supper, laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. And after that he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel wherewith he was girded. Jesus, after the Last Supper, begins to wash their feet. He shows them his example of being a servant, doing the dirty job of washing his brother's feet, humbling himself, meeting the needs, not looking to lord over people, But how can I be a blessing? How can I have a servant's heart? And he exemplifies that. But he comes to Peter. Then cometh he to Simon Peter. And Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Peter was not, maybe you might say, purposely being a rebel. He wasn't trying to buck the system. In his mind and in his heart, he was trying to be humble. He was trying to say, you know what, these other guys might think this is okay, but Lord, you mean more to me than all these other folks because I'm not going to let you wash my feet. Don't you think that's kind of what his motivation was? These guys here, they 
they don't get it, but this is, there's no way. I love you too much. If, if John's okay with this, fine, but I love you a lot more than that. And you're not, I honor you. I respect you more. And Jesus said, if you don't do it the way I am prescribing right now, you have no part with me. He goes on and says, Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, then okay, fine. If, you, if you're going to make me uh, accept this, then, then let me just admit I'm just dirtier than any of these guys that you wash my head and my face and my hands too. Just go all the way and let everybody know I, 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 if I've got to humble myself, I'm going to be more humble than anybody else. Right? Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith unto him, He that washeth is washed, needeth not save to wash his feet. But it's clean every whit, and you're clean, but not all. How does this fit into what we're talking about, about end times? I'm telling you here today that God has a way for you to make it. And God's always had a way for you to make it. But we need to recognize we have to follow Him and His ways no matter how humbling, no matter how different it might be for us. There is a way to be saved. There are no special uh, exceptions for you. Can I tell you in a time like this or at any time, there is a, a way that you can be blessed. There's a way for you to, to grow in God. Why is it that some make it through hard trials and problems in their family and problems in the church and problems maybe even in their own life and battles that they have. Why is it that some people just keep on going and keep on growing and other people, they, they don't make it and they fall away or they're offended? Telling you there's a way you can be blessed. It works for you. This Bible works for you. I've heard people say already, well, I tried it. Now, that's not the truth. I tried it and it didn't work. I'm going to tell you, if you if you give yourself to living for God and serving God and humble yourself and obey Him. Well, I tried that and so much more. God's not asking for so much more. Just humble yourself and do His will. You can make it through whatever we've got to face, but you've got to realize it's going to take the same thing in your life that it takes everybody else. You're not a special case, and you're not somebody that can make it without a prayer life. You're not somebody that can make it without dedication. You're not somebody that can make it without faithfulness to the things of God. I remember it's uh, something that stuck out to me uh, a lot. We were schooling our children at home, and we were listening to the radio, somebody that was talking about teaching and learning styles. And they were talking about different people with different personalities and how they look at things differently. And, and this woman was, was talking about her own self, actually. And, and uh, she was speaking one day about uh, being out at a mall, and there was a sign on the escalator. She was pushing a stroller with the small children, with a small child in it, and, and she wanted to uh, go to the next level. And there was a sign on the uh, escalator that said, no strollers on the escalator. And she said, she saw it, she read it, and she, she, uh, she went right on the escalator, popped the back wheels onto it, and, and rode the escalator to the next level because she said, I, don't, I looked at that and I said, yeah, I, I get that. P- some people need that, but I don't need it. 
the, that rule there is for people that are a lot dumber than me. I know how to do things, and I can handle these things. And, you know, I can. Uh, those, those rules are good for the people that really need it. They're not the smart enough, but you know what? I, I, I don't, that's not for me. And I think sometimes we can have that attitude towards some things in church. When we are worshiping God, when we are praying, when we're hearing the word, that, that's really good for somebody that doesn't know as much as me. But, but you know what? I, that, that I, can, I can do this and I can handle this and I've got this. You don't have it the way you think you do. The Bible says, take heed when you think you stand as you fall. Amen. The idea that Peter in his mind felt like, you know what, I'm, I'm stronger than the rest, or I'm, I, I love you more than the rest, or I'm more humble than the rest. The Lord said, this is a way you're going to, to move on to the next level. And God's got a next level for us. He's not done yet. He's got a place for your faith to be. You might think you can get through what we're facing with the faith you've got. But God's saying, come on a little higher. You might think you can get to the next level with the dedication you've got, but the Lord's stirring you and, 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 and preaching to you and dealing with your heart, saying, come on up a little higher. And, and you can say, ah, I'm okay. I, I got this. I don't, I don't need the, 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 the same thing everybody else does. I, I, I've got this under control. And we, we allow ourselves to get a little too proud. We don't say, God, I'm, I'm not through growing yet. I'm... You know, you've seen a lot of people fall away. You've seen a lot of people fail. You've seen a lot of people compromise. And, and uh, sometimes you can feel like, well, that's not me, and that's not going to happen to me. But unless you really humble yourself and, and do God's will, you can make it, but you've got to be listening to the will of God. You've got to be listening to what God is trying to do. The Bible says there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, Proverbs fourteen twelve. but the end thereof are the ways of death. Turn with me to Isaiah. Isaiah, the first chapter. I feel like in this world, a lot of the heroes, a lot of the, the people that are the stars, if you will, of, of the action and thriller genres of, of Hollywood... You know, it's, it's not the soldier that, that stays in his rank and follows orders to the T, but it's that lone wolf maverick of a, of a man that uh, bucks the system, goes out, rebels against the order, and, and for some reason that they, they go away from everybody else and do their own thing, and they're the one that takes down the bad guy, and they're the one that's the hero, and they're the one that everybody's cheering for by the end of the, end of the story. And you're not going to hear that being glorified by someone who is a true uh, military uh, personnel. The idea of rebellion, breaking ranks, and doing your own thing is so unlike what is the real world. But that's what Hollywood has made out to be the hero. The one that... You know, doesn't walks out of the job and tells the boss what he can do with it. And, you know, the one that never stays at home with a, and has a wife and a family and, a, and pays his bill. The one that's always out there just doing his own thing. And, oh, he's just the greatest. But then, well, life isn't good to that person. Life isn't good at all to that one. And I tell you that 
that kind of attitude that glorifies doing your own thing and being your own person and not saying, God, I surrender to you. Not my will, but thine be done. Won't make it through what we have to face. You've got to be able to surrender. Look what Isaiah 1 says. Isaiah 1.16, wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Some people say they can't understand the Old Testament. Pretty simple here, isn't it? Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Listen now. Isaiah 1.18, come now. Let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Now listen, if, there's that word if. If you be willing, do you want to make it? Do you want to be saved? You know what it says in the book of Revelation? Now, there's uh, keep your finger there in Isaiah, but in Revelation, the 22nd chapter, you don't have to turn with me, actually. It, it uses that word, whosoever will. Every other place in the Bible it says whosoever will. It's talking about if you will do this, if you will do this, then this is what's going to happen. But in Revelation 22, verse 17, the Spirit and the bride say, come, and let him that heareth say, come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. If you want to take of this water of life, if you desire, if it is your will, you can have it. Whosoever will. There's nobody that is exempt. There's nobody that's outside the gate. Whoever wants to have eternal life, you can have it. Isaiah says, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. I don't know where it starts with someone who's just satisfied in the house of God, satisfied with their level. Come on, let's come on, let's say amen. Come on, let's clap our hands. Come on, let's all come up to the altar. Come on, let's just give God praise. And we somewhere along the line we say, Not me, Lord. Maybe for all them. It's okay. It's a good thing. I'm glad I'm in a church that does that, but I don't need that. It's not for me. I feel like I could where where does it where does that end? Where, where is the prompting of the Spirit that says, come on, there's, 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 a, there's a level of brokenness you need. There's a level of humility that you need that I'm trying to get some pride out of you. And we've, we've pushed away the Spirit and said, I, I, not, not me, Lord. I'm, I, I'm, I, I, they, they need that. They need that humbling. They need that, that, uh, that extra, you know. But you know what, Lord, I don't need that. If you be willing and obedient. You shall eat the good of the land. God's working on us. God's not done with us yet. We haven't graduated and now have to just get through the rest of it. In order to endure to the end, we need more faith. I'm telling you, there's not too many folks that I've run into in this time that we're living in saying, Oh, I've got more than enough faith. Does anybody need more faith? I've got some I can give away. I've got so much faith in all this, I can help somebody else. Just No, no, no. People are being shaken, and people are being tested, and people are being tried. And what are we going to do about that? We need to be willing and obedient to let God lead us farther than what we were. Because this is just the beginning of sorrows. Amen. 
this is just the beginning of, uh, of what we are going to see in this land. And if we are just ready to give up and give in and, and allow ourselves to be so, so torn down and so negative about, about what God is doing. Oh, I'm, I can be very negative about maybe the government or maybe uh, society, but God's doing great things. I see God working in a great way, and God wants to help you get to the next level. And if you keep on saying, you know what, that preaching or that Bible reading or what God's trying to deal with me, that's really good. And I know who needs that. You know, it's not really for me, but I know who really needs that. But look what it says. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land. But, But if you refuse and rebel... You shall be devoured with a sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. I, I remember this. This is really an extreme uh, case in the Bible, and there's many, many like it, but one I remember just so extreme. But it stuck out to me. I remember a man. The Bible says he was a prophet. And he wanted to go in before a leader, and in his disguise, he, uh, he was going to tell a story that was going to illustrate a point. And it was all from God, every bit of it. And he wanted to look as though he had been beat up and robbed. And he looked at one of the younger men that was kind of studying under him, and he said, smite me. Hit me. Hit me in the face so it looks, give me a black eye because I want to go in to this leader and I want him to see that I want him to take some time and feel some things and think about some things and I want him to look at me and he said smite me and the man said oh no no I can't do that that rebellion that disobedience he said you're going to go out of here and a lion is going to destroy you now that's pretty extreme if you ask me but it's in the bible something that God just was working and moving in his way and the the lack of obedience, the lack of submission that that man had. And I looked at that and I thought, Lord, don't ever let me miss your will and your word in my life. Don't let me ever be insensitive to, I don't need to do that. That's, that's too much for me. I don't need that. I, I can get along quite well. I, I'm not talking about the whim of a person or a man telling you this is what you need to do. I'm talking about hearing from God. I'm talking about God's will and God's word to help you grow and move forward. And I don't want to be in a place where I can in my own mind say, I've got good intentions. Don't you think Peter had good intentions when he said, I'm not going to wash my feet? I don't think he was saying, Jesus, what's, you don't know what you're doing. And I know he just, in his heart, thought he was being reverent and holy and right. I want to be, I want to be yielded to God. He said, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, he shall be devoured with a sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. God, God is working in this day. God has not has seen and knows His plan and knows where you fit in it. You have been called out to be a part of God's church for such a time as this. 
God saved you in this generation. You can point at it and, and recognize how evil and wrong, but God's called you to be a part of his church. God's called you to be in this end time. It's not a mistake that we're going through what we're going through, and it's not a mistake that you're in the middle of it. The question is, can you hear what God is saying? The question is, can you, can you follow God to get to the level you need to be in to make it all the way? You can make it. You can make it through whatever we've got to face. God's made the way. What an exciting thing I've thought of this week to be a part of God's church. Can you imagine? I was thinking and as praying here just a day or two ago and praying and thinking about Moses and thinking about the children of Israel. Can you imagine being a part of that church? Can you imagine saying, you know what? I saw the plagues and none of them came to our house. I saw what God did to my enemy and God brought me through the Red Sea on dry ground. I saw that there was not enough for us and God made the water sweet and God gave us manna from heaven. And, and to be of all the people in the world, I'm not an Egyptian, I'm an Israelite. I'm not in one of these other lands. I've got God's glory in my life. I've got that pillar of fire that's leading me. God is good to me. But yet they complained, they found fault, and all they did was, was think about where they came from and going back and giving up and what's the use. Turn with me to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Hebrews 11. Hallelujah. And I thought, what a blessing it is of all the places in the world you could be. Of all the 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 beliefs that you could have. And here you are, loving God, knowing God, full of His Spirit, living for Him. We are blessed to be a part of God's church. Blessed to be able to, to know Him, to feel His Spirit, to know how real He is, as the testimony said. To, to experience His presence. We are so blessed. Why would we not just take every opportunity, knowing what we have, to whom much given, much is required, to know what we have, to know what God's given us, and why would we not just get a hold of everything God gives us and make it all the way to the end? You can make it. You can get to heaven. God is not going. God saved you, and he did a good job. He did not use anything that was of lesser quality. He did not uh, skimp or cut corners. When he saved you, he gave you a great salvation. He used his own blood to redeem you, and he's got his spirit in you. He's going to keep you. He's going to help you. But we've got to endure, and we've got to listen and pay attention to God. Be obedient to him. Hebrews eleven thirteen says in... These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them far off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. Listen now. 
And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. And he hath, for he hath prepared for them a city. He says, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, verse 15, they might have had opportunity to have returned. You can make it, but you got to be, you can't be mindful of where we're coming from. You've got to be mindful of where we're going. You can make it, but you've got to have your heart set on the prize. You ha- cannot allow anything to hold you back or take you down. You have got to listen to everything God has given you. You've got to pay attention to it. You've got to be willing to say, God, you say left and I turn left. You say straight, I go straight. God, you lead me. You say speak and I'll say, God, what do you want me to say? We've got to be listening to God. You can make it, but you've got to have a heart to say, God, your will be done. You can make it, but you've got to be mindful of the Spirit of God leading you forward leading you on. Tomorrow is not going to be today. Tomorrow's battles, tomorrow's trials, tomorrow's uh, uh, whatever adversity we've got to face, we know it's been prescribed, it's been prophesied to us. Whatever we've got to face, we're going to need faith, we're going to need a dedication that God is the center of our lives. Holding on to yesterday's testimony and yesterday's prayer meetings and yesterday's touch from God is not going to get us where we need to go. Are you paying attention? Are you listening to what God is saying? A lot of people, a lot of people in this world are doing poorly. A lot of people are just losing their minds over things. And, and they're just, uh, they're falling away. The Bible says a great falling away will happen. And we can see that. And we can thank God that God's got his hand upon us. But are we paying attention to what God, how God's trying to perfect us? Are we paying attention to, to what we're going to need to have the faith? Because this isn't the last test we're going to face. Oh, no. It's the beginning of sorrows. But God's given us everything we need that pertains unto life and godliness, the Bible says. God's got everything we need. But that's for those who are willing and obedient. I believe there have been many people that have been like Peter and have said, I don't need that. I'll be all right without it. They were wrong. They were wrong. When the test came, they failed. Amen. A lot of people that said, you know what, that, that dedication, that, that, that excitement, that passion, that's good for somebody, somebody else, but, but I, I've got my own thing going on with God. You're not going to make it in what we've got to face today. If you be willing and obedient, whosoever will is what God says. If you be willing, we must also be obedient. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please? Sister Katie, if you could come and play something for us. I believe God wants to stir us to a dedication, stir us to out of our complacency, stir us out of our satisfaction. Put a fire in us that needs to be there. Hallelujah. So easy to look around and feel like you're doing so much better than everybody else. But Simon Peter, you need every every bit that everybody else has. 
you need to just fall in line with what God's will is for your life. If you be willing and obedient, God's going to take you through. God's going to meet your needs. You're going to thrive and be blessed in a time of trouble. God's got blessings for you. God's got strength for you. I've seen people so often make it so hard on themselves. Wonder why they're having so much trouble. Well, it's easy. If you're not obedient, if you're not submitted to God's will, if you're not falling in line with everything God's given you, it's You might say, well, I just don't see why that matters. It's God knows what he's doing. Oh, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Oh, glory to your name. Hallelujah. Come on, let's find a place to pray. Jesus, we worship you. We praise you. I'm praying for you, church. I'm praying for you. Can we take some time and rededicate? Can we take some time and say, God, I'll do your will. You say, God, I'll do everything but this. I'll do everything but that. He's either Lord of all. or He's not Lord at all. God's got a word for you. God's got a a direction for you. He's got some things. We, we've used, used the scripture many, many times about when Jesus comes back looking for a church without spot, without blemish. I want to surrender all to you, God. I want your will to be done in my life. God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I must saved. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Far above all else, I must be saved. Oh, yes. Lord, help your people. Help us, Lord, to yield ourselves fully to you. Can you do it again? Can you find a place with God where you just humble yourself and say, God, not my will, but thine be done. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, Jesus. I want you to make it. God wants you to make it. It's not God's will that any perish. God wants you to make it the whole way, and you can. You can make it all the way. God's got the strength for you. God's got the direction that you need to take. Oh, yes, He does. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I must be saved. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. For whatever you have to do to me 
don't let me be lost. Oh, yes, God, I love you. Above all else, I must be saved. Oh, yes, God, I must be saved. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. play games. We can't play church. We've got to be serious about this. Why wouldn't you be? God's called you out and called you into His glorious church. Why wouldn't you put all your heart into it? He did it for you. Oh yes, God help us. Help us, Lord. Don't let me be lost for eternity. Simply put, according to my Bible, things in this world don't get better at the end. We go from one trial to the next and intensity gets greater and greater. But there are those who will endure. But in, in order to endure, you've got to be have a heart that is humble and obedient to Him. In order to face, you're going to have to learn. You're going to have to be sensitive to God. You're going to have to get everything He's got. He'll keep you. He'll He'll lead you. He'll be He'll bless you. Hallelujah. But you have to be willing, willing and obedient. He said, my sheep hear my voice. Hallelujah. Are you listening? Are you paying attention to God? I'm afraid a lot of what's going on, it's not... I know some have said this could really damage some people's faith and damage the church. No. No, not really. I'll tell you what would happen is God's going to try to take His people to a higher level. God's going to take people to a, to a heart that hears Him and is led by Him. He's going to take us higher in our dedication, higher in our love for Him, higher in our, in our effectiveness to, to do His will. And those that are not willing and obedient, but those who refuse and rebel... They're going to be shaken, shaken away because they're not on the foundation. God, help us. Help us to be rooted and grounded in You. I want You to make it. God wants You to make it. You can. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Father, we love You. Thank You. Thank You, Lord, for Your Word. Thank You for, Lord, just everything that You've done to get us through this day that we face, God. Lord, so many years we've heard it preached. So many years we've, we've talked about it. And we see it more clearly than ever before. Such days we live in. So, Lord God, so different than anything else we've ever experienced. 
God, we know, Lord, whatever we have to face, you'll be with us. God, help us. Help us to be faithful to you. God, we love you. Bless your people now. Work, Lord, I pray, in all all of your people. And we give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you go.